Hello, good to see you at the History Cafe. This is where we come to talk, usually about historical stories everyone knows. We just want to try out some new ideas. I'm John Rosebank. And I'm Penelope Middlebow. At the History Cafe, we revisit stories that have got stuck in our collective memory, but just don't look quite right to us. Historian Peter Carvel-Caressi pointed out years ago, and he worked in British intelligence at the famous Bletchley Park, quotes, Great Britain was the wrong kind of enemy for the German forces. It would take a formidable amphibious campaign to invade it and a worldwide operation to subdue its forces. Nobody who mattered in Hitler's Germany seems to have had any taste for an invasion of Britain. President Kennedy drew the only conclusion an intelligent observer could draw. It doesn't make any difference, he said, if you get blown up by a missile flying from the Soviet Union or one that's 90 miles away. And by the end of day two of the Cuba Missile Crisis, everyone in the room knew it too. As Ted Sorensen's memo stated bluntly, quotes, These missiles do not significantly alter the balance of power. The missiles now on Cuba were irrelevant to the nuclear threat facing America. One more context that books on the gunpowder plot entirely fail to examine is the long history of other early modern plots and rebellions. The gunpowder plot, as it's described by the government, doesn't look like any of the rebellions and risings that had occurred over the previous century and a half. It wasn't based in the provinces, but in Westminster. It wasn't led by the nobility or major landowners, but by a small caste of minor, not to say debt-ridden, squires. It aimed supposedly, not only to assassinate the king and queen, but also at least one of their sons. In the light of the long historical precedent we've seen, this was all extraordinarily unlikely. Anne Boleyn seems much less important than she used to. In 2010, historian George Bernard published research on a document in which Henry freely admits to the Pope that he's been sleeping all along with the woman he wants to marry. Well, it means that there can be no truth in the old myth that Henry was driven to set up his own church in England because Anne Boleyn held out on him. At 11 o'clock on the night of the 4th of August 1914, Britain was at war with Germany. There was no formal declaration. There'd been no cabinet decision. Parliament hadn't agreed. And when, a couple of days later, they voted to finance it, MPs were led to believe it would be a war at sea and not on land. Without Britain's entry, it's more than possible that the First World War would not have begun at all. Now, this all starts out as a bit of fun, but it soon turns into a pretty dark story. It's also an object lesson in doing history, because, well, the way you see that dress in that garden on that woman depends very much on whose eyes you're looking through. So where do you want to start? Wallace Simpson, Edward, Cecil Beaton, the Chateau, France, French fashion, English appeasement, the USA, Spanish Civil War, Nazi Germany, May 1937, the photograph, the dress, or the lobster? <laughs> you can find us at historycafe.org or on your usual podcast platforms. So get yourself a coffee, pull up a chair, and let's see what happens.